Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and we have a special guest guest actually in the office with us today. We have Mandy Majors with Next Talk. So, Mandy, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so it's kind of fun. We, you know, so many times we do these uh, interviews and they're often remote. And so then it often feels like, uh, you know, we kind of have to, we've got a, a dual video or, or sometimes when you're hearing that um, on the audio version, you're hearing kind of that scratchy phone voice. And so it's always fun to have somebody that's actually local come in and, and do the program it's with us. It's good to be here. Yeah. Now, we don't like the fact that it's, you know, 100 degrees outside, <laughs> but I was just actually praying, thanking God that we have air conditioning, so that's always nice. But It is very hot. <laughs> yeah. I, I am super excited about having you on. I want to just jump right in because um, I want our listeners to get to know you and especially get to know what you're doing with your, your organization. Um, but why don't we dive in? Because this is, uh, by the way, this, this broadcast is really probably going to be so beneficial for parents. Um, and so if you're a parent, mom or dad, and quite honestly, at this point, I don't care what age your kids Any are. Age. If you're a parent, this can be helpful because um, even if your kids are grown, there might still be subjects you need to talk with them about, right? True. Yes. So why don't you share with us a little bit of your story, let our listeners get to know you, and then we'll dive into how do we talk about things that we don't necessarily want to talk about? Yeah, well, I am married to Matt. We've been married for 19 years. We have two kids. They're currently 14 and almost 11. But five years ago, when my 14-year-old, she was nine at the time, she was in fourth grade. She did not have a phone. She was sitting at the school lunch table, and someone told her about a pornographic act in detail, a video that they had watched at home. Mm. So um, that was kind of my light bulb moment that everything had changed about parenting. Because in my mind, I wasn't going to give her a phone. She was safe from all that online junk out right. there. <laughs> and I was just completely wrong because devices are so readily available to all of our kids nowadays. They're at home watching them all the time. They're seeing lots of things at much earlier ages than we did, than we were. Mm -hmm. And so it creates this problem. I call it cyber parenting. You can call it in the digital world, you know, whatever you want to call it. There's a new shift that's happening that we need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when you when you mentioned that about your daughter having somebody else with their phone and then being able to describe things and show things, uh, it makes me think about how none of us get through childhood without somebody else's brokenness being dumped into our lives. Yeah. Now, obviously, as parents, we would like to not be the ones that are dumping that into our children's lives, right? Right, right. But like you said, that doesn't mean that we can protect from every single possible avenue yeah. in which that can be dumped into our kids' lives. So immediately, I already can imagine that we have listeners out there, parents that are hyperventilating mm -hmm. because they're going, wait a second. I'm not giving my kid a phone either. And uh, yeah. I thought, yeah. Our home is safe. We know we don't have that stuff yes. coming in our home and everything. And now you're telling me that maybe my kid isn't as safe as I thought they were. So talk some parents off the ledge here real quick as we continue to go. 
Well, I do want you to know that it has changed and none of our kids are safe. You know, whether they're in a public school, private school or they're homeschooled, we get calls from parents all over the nation. You know, the online world is everywhere and kids are being exposed. The good news is we have a solution for you. And I found that solution in Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. And it says, talk about these commands that I'm giving you. Talk with your kids. When you're at home, when you're on the go, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. And I had read that verse a million times before, but just like the Holy Spirit does sometimes, when I was looking at this problem of cyber parenting and figuring out what is a solution, because I can't bubble wrap her, I can't protect her from everything, like I can't protect all the outside influences that she has at school and at church and all of those places. And so what is the true answer? And when I read Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7, that jumped off of the page of me for the Mm -hmm. first time. It was like a bolt of lightning, like this is the solution. Well, and what I love about that is we know that then when Jesus came on the scene Mm -hmm. several thousand years later, and he was asked about what's the greatest commandment, he went to that exact place and said, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and might. And that's where then it says, and these commands that I give to you, teach them, talk about Mm -hmm. them in every corner and every aspect of your lives. So we know that this isn't just some kind of like, oh, you know, Mandy, you're just sort of henpecking some kind of random scripture out of the book. Correct. This is a thread. Yeah. That is actually not just a a great little suggestion, but Mm -hmm. actually from the creator of the universe saying, this is actually the greatest commandment we have. And so wouldn't you say then that that also means that that's got to be the greatest responsibility we have as parents? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, in my mind, when I first read it and I I realized, okay, that's the solution. But in my mind, I was kind of getting defensive. Like, God, we talk. Like, I'm talking Mm -hmm. to my kid. Like, she came home and told me when this happened. So I'm doing something right, you know, like I got a little bit defensive. But the more I've gotten into this, the more I've really, God has really spoken a word about creating this kind of culture in our home Mm. where whatever your kids see online, whatever your kids are told about from a friend, they can come home and ask you, like, we've got to be their safe place. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds kind of weird. Like people think, oh yeah, that's true. But a lot of times, you know, your, your kindergartner will come in the room and they'll say, Hey mom, what does this mean? And it'll be a cuss word you know, and they'll say it and you're freaking out, you know, you're like, no, my kid just didn't just say that. And so a lot of times our response shuts down from them coming and talking to us again. And what I mean by that is we freak out and we say, don't ever say that again. And we never tell them what it really means. And they're asking, they're curious. And so that is teaching our kids. I can't ask them. Yeah. And, and But we don't realize we're doing it. You know, it's one of those things, like it's our gut reaction, and we don't realize we're actually shutting down conversation. And don't you think that some of that is because we have a grid as adults now that is much more complete yeah. than what a child has. And so we have to be able to recognize when they're maybe doing something or saying something or asking questions what would happen if we recognize they don't have a filled out grid like we do and ours is still filling out too, but it's like we have much more to our grid that we can see life through. And so maybe some of that can just sort of help parents to have more of a pause response instead of a, Oh, 
fear and reaction. I say pause and pray. That is my little thing that I say to myself all the time. And, you know, we have to remain calm. I call it crazy mom mode in my book. And oftentimes I went into crazy mom mode because I couldn't believe they were asking me or I couldn't believe they were saying it. And I wasn't realizing that was shutting down conversation in our family. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Well, I, um, it makes Sorry. me think of a story. It makes me think of a story when uh, one of my friends was telling me when he was a, a kid and he was walking home from school one day. And I don't remember, he might have been fourth yeah. or fifth grade or something like that. And um, and he's around my age, so there wasn't all the stuff that there is available today. But what was interesting is this fr- friend of his told him um, that the F word was a cuss word. And my friend said, no, it's not. And, you know, they had this little argument because my friend didn't have a clue what that word was. So as he's walking home, he's on, he turns onto the street that he lives on. Mm-hmm. And at the top of his lungs, he just starts saying that word over and over and over <laughs> again. His mom can hear some kid out there yelling and then realize that's her kid. <laughs> and you can imagine that that's one of those moments where you can go into crazy mom mode, crazy right? Crazy mom just, mode. Because you're thinking... There's so many things to that story, right? One right. is the word. One is the whole neighborhood is here, you know. And so sometimes there's embarrassment. Sometimes there's fear. Sometimes yeah. there's even maybe anger. And again, you're kind of coming through that more filled out adult grid mm-hmm. and not recognizing, let's learn a little bit more about what is going on here before we make judgments and then proclaim like, what's going to be shut down. Well, and I love your story too, because it also highlights the shift that I'm talking about. So when we grew up, we had a couple neighbor friends, maybe a couple best friends, and those were our sphere of influence. So if we had a question about sex or pornography or anything like that, we would ask them and that's where we would get the information, right? And there was misinformation shared in that circle. But now our kids can go home to Google and they can search whatever and normally, if they're if they're searching about sex or sexuality or anything like that, pornography is going to come yeah. up. So that creates another problem. And so again, I tell parents all the time, you know, you need to be your kid's Google. Mm-hmm. There should never be an instance where your kid has a question and they have to go home and search online because you're their source. And this starts at very early ages. I mean, you can start this conversation when your kids are in preschool and they're away from you half, you know, half the day or a full day. And this is, you can tell them if you ever hear a new word or phrase and you don't know what it means, always come home and ask me. You know, I would say to my kids, um, kids don't have all the information. You will get misinformation. Don't ever Google things that you don't know what it means. I'm your source. Mm -hmm. Like I'm the person, again, that safe place. And then when they come to you and ask you, that is when we have to remain calm. And I always tell parents too, if it's really, if it really catches you off guard and you're like, how do I give age appropriate answers right now to this question, you can say to them, hey, can I have 24 hours? And I will come back to you with your with your answer, but I want to give you the right information on what your little brain can handle. And then you can call a mentor, you know, you can dig in the word, right. you can pray, but always go back within 24 hours because that shows your kid that their questions are important to you. Yeah. So I think about kind of circling back to that passage in Deuteronomy 6. Mm-hmm. What I love about it is there's sort of a one-two punch that's given in there. Well, actually, there's there's three. First is love for God. So that's yeah. like the fundamental aspect. But then it talks about teaching these rules of God to our children 
and then talking about them. Yes. So I think what that means is that parents, we have to continually be on a learning journey as well, because if we are called by God to teach our children the truth and teach them what is right, if our kids come to us and ask us a question and we don't know, yeah. we can't we can't be so arrogant as to say, you know, well, because I said so, or just all these kind of things. It's got to be, yes. no, I need to actually know, not only because since this is an overarching command of God, mm-hmm. it's not only for our children's sake, it's also for our sake. We I, need to know those things. I love that you brought this up, Jonathan, because, you know, one of the hardest questions that I've had to answer for my daughter was she came home and she was 11 and she said, my friend says she's bisexual. And what does that mean? Mm. And we had covered God's design for sex. So covering what bisexual was, was pretty simple because we had already set the foundation in elementary school about mm. what sex was. But God, as I was searching the word and I was like, how am I going to handle this? Because old Mandy would have been like, stay away from that kid. She's confused. And I didn't want to deal with it. Right. Old Mandy realized that that was shutting down conversation and it wasn't productive for our relationship. Um, So new Mandy kind of prayed and I talked to my husband about it and came back to her and I said, hey, I want you to go look up these scriptures. And I gave her these scriptures and they're in my um, sexuality chapter. And I said, I want you to tell me what God says about um, sex, you know, and about marriage and how it's designed. And so kind of reminding her of that truth that we had set in, in elementary school. She came back to me. And um, she said, well, God's design is man, woman, you know, inside mm-hmm. of a marriage. And I said, yes. Now I want you to go read the woman, the story about the adulterous woman who was being stoned. Mm-hmm. Because I love that story because Jesus identified and said, go and sin no more. But he didn't let anyone else judge her. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like, we got to deal with our own stuff. Right. And, and I'll deal with her and her sin. And so I told my daughter, I was like, look, this is an equal balance. It's love and it's truth. Mm-hmm. You need to know what the word of God says, but I don't want you, I want you taken up for this girl. If she's getting bullied or disrespected or people are being mean to her, like I need you to just be a light. Yeah. And, and that was, they were able, she was able to do that. One day this girl was being made fun of and my daughter was able to text her and say, God loves you with all these emojis because that's how teenagers communicate. Mm-hmm. But it was a great lesson for me in don't just come home and preach, 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 preach. What's right? What's wrong? Like what you said, it shuts it down. But instead, I want to teach my kid like I want to teach my kid to seek what is truth in God's word. So mm-hmm. go look this up. I'm not going to spoon feed it to you. You go seek the truth from God himself, and then let's walk and figure out how to handle this. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of, we're going through a whole lot of stuff here. So let's get back to that aspect of, of this culture yeah. that you're trying to create in your home. What would you walk parents through to say, okay, listen, what, I've never thought about that, or maybe I've only taken a few steps, or I don't really know how to construct that kind of culture in my home. Can you walk parents through maybe what that can look like for them that are saying, I want to have open conversations in my home. I want to help protect my kids in a more fully orbed way rather than just saying, I haven't given them advice and cross my fingers, stick my head in the sand. Yeah. How would you help pers- uh, parents begin to kind of build that culture? Well, you know, going back to fourth grade when I realized, okay, we're, are we really talking? Do, do I really have this environment in my home where she's going to be comfortable telling me anything or asking me anything? Um, and I'll tell you, one night I, I crawled in bed with her. And I thought, I've got to work really hard. We've got middle school in a year and a half. I've got to get in there. We've got to be talking before um, she walks into that middle school. And I said to her, I crawled in bed with her. 
And I said, can you tell me what I can do better as a mom? And what she said really hurt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It really hurt. She said, mom, you're not a good listener. And in my mind, I was thinking, do you know how much I juggle? Like, I'm trying to manage right, exactly, this and this. Yeah. But I, I didn't. I, you know, I shut up. But inside, I was defensive. And that conversation really helped me because I said to her, well, give me an example. And she said, well, we will be at the kitchen island and you'll be unloading the dishwasher and making dinner and doing all your stuff, multitasking, basically what moms do. Right, exactly. And I'll be telling you a story and you'll be nodding like you're hearing it. Like you're, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're following along. But then you will ask me a question and I, I would have just told you the answer to that. Like if you would have been listening, you would have heard that. Mm. So she caught me like red handed, right? But that was my moment with her. I said, well, I want to be a good listener. I want to hear everything that's important to you. And, um, and that kind of set us on a new journey. So I tell parents, sometimes we're the ones breaking down the communication and we don't realize it. it it's not something we're setting out to do. So maybe have this conversation with your kid. Look, I want to be able to talk about anything. What am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. And be prepared. Like, it may sting. (laughs) Yeah. But we kind of got to look in the mirror first because we're the model. We set the tone in our home. You know, we are... Um, we are the leaders of our home. And so we need to be really careful about making sure we're not the ones that are shutting everything down. Mm-hmm. Now, I I hear what you're saying, and I think it's always important to have that that invitational spirit towards yeah. our kids and, cre- and doing our best to create a warm environment. Yeah. But here's something that I've seen happen um, time and time again in many Christian homes, yeah. well-meaning parents is they will put out that olive branch mm-hmm. over and over and over again, um, even communicating verbally and intentionally that they are always available for any question that yeah. their kids have. But then that's the end of it. And I don't know about you, but in my home growing up and in a lot of my friends' homes and even in a lot of people we know now that are Christians, that that they'll they'll offer, the parents will offer that invitation is... I don't know how many kids regularly and consistently take their parents up on that offer because in some ways then if you stop there, aren't you just putting the pressure on the kids to then know sort of what do I bring up? and when, Whereas how much responsibility do we have as parents then to not just set an invitational tone but also take initiative proactively to maybe introduce the things that we need to be talking about in the home. Absolutely. And that's something that you're going to subsequently do after that initial question for sure. But then also starting early, preventative conversations. Like when they're in kindergarten and first grade, these are some great times. I mean, you don't think of I'm parenting the cyber parenting years right now, but you are. Mm -hmm. So for example, you know, when your two-year-old walks in with the iPad into the bathroom and you're changing because you never get any privacy when you Mm -hmm. have young kids, right? That is a great teachable moment that you can go down with them. They're not in trouble, but you say, hey, we don't bring screens in the bathroom. Like what if you accidentally took a picture of me without clothes on? That's Mm -hmm. not okay. You know, and that will get you through the sharing nudes conversation. But, But so there's lots of preventative things you can do when they're little to kind of, you're not really introducing topics, but you're laying guidelines, like family guidelines. Um, But then as they get older, like you said, yes, I'll never forget my daughter. We were um, chopping tomatoes, making tacos one night, just her and I. 
and I was like, we got to talk about sex. Like, I got to bring this up. And so I asked open-ended questions. Hey, have you ever heard the word sex? What, what do you think it means? You know? Mm -hmm. And um, she said, well, I think it's something you do when you're married. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And um, I quoted a Bible verse to her, Genesis 4-1, talking about Adam and Eve, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, and I could see she was getting really red. And so I, I changed the conversation. I didn't want to go anymore. I didn't want to, like, nag her into a place. But I said to her at the end of that conversation, which I say to them at every conversation, if you have any more questions about this, I'm here for you. Don't mm -hmm. Google it. I'm right. your source. You know, I remind them like I'm their source. And lo and behold, a couple months later, she did come back and she had questions and we got to go more detailed into mm -hmm. that conversation. And so I think that we do need to bring up open ended questions and um, and like you said, topics with our kids, but find ways like in the car is great because, right. and again, Deuteronomy six, six and seven said on the go, right. you know, while we're on the go, they don't have to get eye contact with you. So it makes it less awkward for them. And you can kind of hide your emotion a little bit more too, if you're shocked about what they say. Mm -hmm. So talk time in the car is great. And you got to find out when your kid likes to talk and capitalize on that. Right. So if it's at bedtime, if you've got a kid that likes to stay up late, schedule that on your calendar a couple nights a week. Have caffeine later in the day and just think, okay, tonight I'm going to crawl in bed with this one and we're going to talk for two hours. You mm -hmm. know, that kind of stuff. So I like to think of it in terms of as a parent when we're dealing with any and every topic that's out there, especially these that tend to be more sensitive or the yeah. ones that are more difficult to talk about. Right. We almost have to have a two-pronged approach. There yeah. are We do have to have a response approach. We've got to be ready to respond to mm -hmm. situations as they arise, like your daughter being introduced to something at school. Right. We've got to be able to respond to that. But I do believe also, back to Deuteronomy 6, we've got to be able to prepare them. Yes. So this is where I think, um, you know, you can kind of break down childhood to adulthood into some stages, right? Right. So let's take the stage that um, generally creates the most amount of panic for parents, which is those teenage years. Yeah. Now, I know there's a ton of preparatory work that can be done from birth all the way up to those years, but help parents understand, especially in this digital world that we're living yeah. in now, um, what are some ways that they can respond and prepare their kids and help them navigate through those teenage years? Well, you know, the teenage years are going to be way easier if you've created a culture in your home where you are talking about everything. Mm -hmm. If you're already, you know, if your six-year-old porn pops up and they're showing you and you're remaining calm, you're not taking away technology from them. And they're realizing, okay, I don't have to hide this from mom and dad. I'm not going to get punished they're not going to take away the iPad because I saw it because it wasn't my fault. You know, mm -hmm. it popped up. Um, if you're building that kind of relationship, it's going to be way easier in the teenage years because they already trust you. You're mm -hmm. already their safe place. Um, I would also say it's never too late. So, uh, you know, we talked to a lot of parents and they're like, we didn't start this. We didn't have any restrictions when, when we gave our kid a phone and now we need to have all these rules and mm -hmm. guidelines. And, and, you know, that's just a conversation. It is, hey, I didn't realize everything you had access to. We need to take a few steps back here. This was my fault and we need to lay some guidelines down now. Well, and isn't that a key thing too? Because in order to have these open conversations and to create this culture of conversation in your home, yeah, uh, we as parents have got to adopt an attitude of humility, right? 
Oh, yes. And it is so difficult. Exactly. Yeah. It's so difficult. You know, when we mess up, we have to apologize. And our kids need to see us doing that. I mean, that needs to be modeled for them. And and but we also have, you know, you also have guidelines and restrictions. And if they cross the line of what you did, then there's consequences on their parts, too. But if you are admitting your part when you fall, they it makes it easier for them to admit when they fall, yeah. when they say, I've just messed up, just like you did, mom, and da 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 And what I always tell guys, and of course this applies to, I think, both moms and dads, but yeah. I, I really encourage guys to do this when they're, when they're seeking to invest into their sons, mm-hmm. is I'm like, you have to lead with your own story. Yes. And you do that in age-appropriate ways yes. because, you know, their childhood is unfolding. Mm-hmm. And so, but, but dads and moms too, like dads, are you sharing with your sons how your story unfolded in childhood? And moms, are you sharing with your yeah. daughters how your story, because what that does is it humanizes parents to where then when the parent says, and you can come to me with anything, they go, oh, they're not some kind of superhero because they told me what life was like for them at 10 or at 15 or at 20, you know, and then now there that invitation doesn't just fall hollow yeah. because there's this massive distance between child and parent. Yeah. It's like they really do get it. They understand some of the things I'm facing, even if technology wasn't the same. And, you know, even if the dynamics of our our circumstances weren't the same. The, the fundamental struggles are the same through every generation. They are. And sh- you, you, I mean, you're exactly right. Sharing your story is such a conversation starter and you can do it in age appropriate ways. I mean, you know, there are things that I've said to my kids, like mommy made bad choices or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had to get too detailed yet, but I know the day is coming when they're going to specifically ask me certain questions and I'm going to have to walk in humility and answer those and tell them how many regrets that I had and what I did wrong and what I wish I could have done differently, you know? But that transparency is oh so important. Yeah. Well, we've only got a couple of minutes left. So uh, what are just some closing thoughts you would give to those parents out there that maybe they're feeling like, okay, I I may be overwhelmed, but I want to do this. What would be the first step you would encourage them to do? And then I want them to know also where they can get uh, connections with your resources and your ministry? Well, I would first say you are not alone. We are seeing this happen in good families all across the nation where we are just missing it. And it's because the digital world is moving so fast and we can't keep up with it and we don't know what's happening. And so, you know, a lot of people's solutions are know the details in and out of all the technology. And our solution is just a little bit different. Yes, we want you to be in their online world. Yes, we want you to be have all their passwords and follow them on social media and all of that kind of stuff. But really, the 100% first line of defense is this culture of communication. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be having some conversations. So maybe it's a what can I do better as a mom or dad? Maybe it's hey, I missed this. We Mm -hmm. didn't set up guidelines and restrictions for you. We should have. We need to talk about this. We need you telling us when you're seeing things online. Um, I will tell you, if your kids, no matter what age, are in any type of devices and they're not reporting things to you, you're not talking. Right. You're not talking because my kids were reporting five or six things a day to me about what they're seeing online. And what I'm hearing from you on that point is it's far more important to have conversations about digital and technology activity than it is to just try to put a monitoring device on their phones or what. Not saying that you don't do those things, but what I'm hearing you is it's the relational component that's far more important than the digital component. 
it's a both and yeah. restrictions and settings. All of those things are important. They're tools in your tool belt, but it's really about the relationship. Yeah. So where can people get connected with you and your resources? So Next Talk is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at nexttalk.org. Um, I also have it on a personal website. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at author Mandy Majors, and I have mandymajors.com. My book, Talk, is on Amazon. It's a paperback and a Kindle version. And, um, and, and part three of my book is my favorite part because it's a topics list. And so it's whenever you're struggling with something, you turn to that topics and you can see the conversations I've had with my own kids about that topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we have, uh, we actually have a copy of Mandy's book here. It's called talk, a practical approach to cyber parenting and open communication. And what we are going to do listeners and viewers, if you're a viewer, you can see the book there. Um, is we're actually going to offer this as a free giveaway. We're going to do a, uh, a giveaway, so we're going to do a drawing for this. So if you will actually message us at Twitter, which is our Twitter handle is at PureSexRadio, or will, if you will send an email to mypoint at PureSexRadio.com and just say, I want Mandy's book, I want the talk book, then we will put you in a drawing. And um, two weeks after this episode airs, we will do that drawing and we will um, give the winner the book. So... Mandy, thank you again for being with us and just love what you're doing to help parents and and families begin to have really important conversations that I think can lead to uh, the healing and the hope that so many families need. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, listeners, we're always glad that you're with us and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.